Today on The Breakdown, a quiet storm approaches the 2011 Barcelona EPT final table, and Raul Mestre is storm chasing and under the gun with a hand that he's going to play against Eugene Kachalov. We're going to break it down right now on The Breakdown with Grant and Jonathan. You stop saying our last names, huh? Yeah. Okay. I like with Grant and Jonathan. It's friendly. It's kind of. It's like Sesame Street. Yeah. 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 Sesame Street. I, I gotta say that that opening it started really strong and then it just kind of didn't go anywhere. It petered out. Yeah. I agree. It's kind of like um, what's a what's a good movie example? Oh, Flight. The movie Flight. Boy, you bring this up. Not okay. on the show, but in real life, you bring up Flight. About once every three weeks. The first it's 15, the same point. The first 15 minutes of flight are like the best movie of all time, this and the rest of it is so boring. You say this every time. Is it, am I wrong? The first 15 minutes are amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Um, yeah, this was suggested by Ben Jones Groves. Nice. Thank you, Ben. And it's Raul Mestre, who we did a hand with Vicky Corn about a month and a half ago. Where we called him a psycho on our video. Anyway. And he liked that. Yeah, he actually uh, responded. Someone posted it to his uh, coaching forum, I guess. And he responded and talked about his thought process. And I will say, based on what he wrote anyway, it sounded pretty reasonable the way, way he was playing, you know, as opposed to not. He basically said... Vicky kind of there was like only one hand Vicky could have that was uh, worth check raising and everything else was a bluff based on how she was playing pre flop, and so I thought that was actually pretty neat. And yeah. the fact that then then actually I thought his play was much more reasonable and much less psychotic. Anyway, he also even talked about why he opened Queen Three suited and that the table was not surprisingly playing super tight. Well, we might have some questions about his play in this hand as well. Well, we are. Gonna... And maybe he'll answer them. I'm... Maybe he'll have good answers for Let, these. Let's find out. Uh, before we do that, we've got to tell you about Nitrogen's, Nitrogen Sports Poker Room. Whatrogen? Nitrogen. Yeah. Nitrogen Sports Poker Room, where the poker guys play, and we twitch. We um, stream on Twitch we is twitch. actually what we do. We... You, you twitch because you're nervous, <laughs> yeah. but we stream on Twitch our poker play on Nitrogen Sports. Yeah, we do that. Uh, we're doing it every Tuesday starting at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time. What is that GMT? I don't know. Who cares? Really? You don't know? It's midnight GMT, buddy. Come okay. On. Midnight GMT. <laughs> yeah. So if you're in England and you want to watch, midnight. Burn that candle. Uh, we once said we had individual screen names. We changed that. We are two poker guys. The number two poker guys is our Twitch handle. That's where you can watch us play. You can also play with us. We have sit and goes that we're trying to get going on there where you can play with us. And we'll also just be twitching some cash games. And yes, twitching. Well, yeah. We're going to be streaming on yeah. Twitch. Uh, one day we will have a sit and go happen. Yeah. We're going to make it so. Also on Nitrogen, it's a Bitcoin only poker site. Use the link in the description for access to Poker Guys exclusive free rolls and tournaments and those sit and goes. And uh, it gives you super fast withdrawals, like 10 to 25 minutes, which is super legit. Yeah, it's a great site. It really is. I play there regularly. Grant does too. And uh, we like the people behind it. We feel good about them. We like the software. It's the, there's a, a fair amount of no-limit games going on pretty much all the time, so you can play cash games whenever. They have a bunch of tournaments, too. And like Grant's saying, the free rolls, just for poker guys, people who use the link in the description, you really got to get on there. Yep, get on there. Use the link. That's all the right. most important part. All right, let's get to the hand. So it is the final table. We're in Barcelona. So exciting times. You know, everybody's having tapas. It's lovely. I love tapas. Tapas are good. Uh, they're very expensive, though. You know, you get like such little food, and you, you have to order six things, and it just adds, it adds up. You're like, oh, it's only nine bucks times four. 
<laughs> I mean, it depends on where you go, but yeah, yeah I hear you. Yeah, I hear you. So that's what this podcast it's is about. It's a trick. Tapas is sort of like a magic trick of food. Yes, of it meals. is. It is. They yeah. get you. They get you with the tapas. Yeah. Um, so we're at the final table. It is 40K, 80K, and the aforementioned Raul Mestre is going to be under the gun, although we're not out of full ring. I think we're seven-handed or something like that. Sounds right. He's got ace-10 off, uh, ace of diamonds, 10 of hearts. Legit opening hand, seven-handed. Sure. He's got 5.6 million, pretty healthy stack for the 40K, 80K blinds. Uh, he raises to 175K. Yep. Eugene Kachalov is the next player to actually consider playing. He's in the small blind. He's got 2.9 million, so not nearly as healthy of a stack. And he's got ace-king offsuit, ace of clubs, king of spades. He's not got that many blinds. He's got like 40-ish blinds. What like do you, 37 blinds. Yeah, what do you yeah. want to do? I think you could make a case for three betting and getting it in against Mestre's range especially. If Mestre, we know Mestre opens a lot. We know he opens a lot. We yeah. know that, right? So right. he probably does too. So I think it's reasonable to three bet. It's also not the end of the world, though, to call to try and set up either a squeeze from the big blind, which we obviously would not fold to unless both players are all in in front of us. Then we yeah. can consider folding. Um, or also just to let Mestre fire away post-flop. It's not so bad to have a hand that he would not put us on. I think in general, though, we're supposed to three-bet this hand against this player and when he's opening under the right. gun. I agree. Well, what blind amount that Kachalov could have, would you say, is it unreasonable to flat anymore? Like, it's three-bet or not? Like, you have to three-bet. Oh, okay. I mean, 22, something like that. Yeah, 24? so you think you can flat with 23 big blinds? Eh, maybe. I mean, he... How, he made it like two point, you know, six, two point two right. blinds or something like that. You could do that. I, yeah, I mean, I would probably not. I'm not saying you have to shove. You can. You yeah. don't have. You can three bet to a normal amount, right? But you're effectively shoving. Yeah, you do that. I, I guess not. You could make it six blinds. You, you've put in less than about twenty five percent of your stack, which in theory you could still fold. Yeah, in theory. Um, yeah, I mean, I would be looking to get in anything 30, 30 blinds and less without really thinking about it. I right. think you know, especially against this player. There's some players who would open under the gun. I really would not be looking to do that with. Where I think thirty blinds is too much for that player. If they get it in, I'm in trouble. Like it's queens or better. You know. Yep. So, yep. and Eugene, the quiet storm, Kachalov, very likely believes and is probably correct to think that he's the best player at the table. Yeah. So he might want to take less high variance spots pre-flop because of that. It's not the end of the world to call here, check fold the flop sometimes, you know, depending yeah. on the flop, or check call once and fold the turn. That's really we okay. We probably to have do. to check call most flops if we're that we that we miss on. I mean, I mean, if the flop is like you know seven, eight, nine, all clubs, and we yeah. got two red ace king action happening there, you know, we could consider folding. Yeah, we can consider folding that. But but I agree with you. It's going to be hard to find a flop to fold for one. What would I would assume would be a very small bet from yeah. straight too on the flop. All clubs, bad example, because Eugene's got the ace of clubs. A oh, great example. So sick. Ace of clubs, king of spades. He does flat. The big blind folds. We're going heads up to the flop. Yeah. The pot's 490,000. The flop hits both players. Again, Mestre has ace 10 off. Eugene has ace king off. It's king of hearts, 10 of spades, three of clubs. So mm. no flush draws to be had. And something interesting happens here. Eugene decides to dunk. He, bet, he bets 250K into the pot of 490K. He flop top, top. Yeah. What do you think about this? It's interesting. Uh, because it's Eugene and Mestre specifically, I like this play more than I might against certain other players. There's some players where if you don't care, you're just going to lose them. But A, we're up against the under-the-gun range, which is going to be stronger even for Mestre. Yeah. And B, it's hard to play top-top with a hand that you're essentially decide you're committing to, right? We're not going to fold this hand now unless some really weird stuff happens. It's going to be really tough to find a fold against Raul Mestre with top-top right. here. I mean, really tough. Maybe you could come out like... 
Jack on the turn, Ace on the river, and the pot's small, and then Mestre like makes a big. I don't know. You know, maybe we could find ways to fold, but it's going to be tough. Like we have yeah. top two, but boy, there's four to a straight, and why do you move in? I don't know. Um, so this, if we're gonna now, we're essentially going to try and play this hand for stacks. The way to play this hand for stacks is probably to donk, actually. Yeah. Because if we check raise, we're going to lose him a lot, right? Yep. It's harder to keep him. But if we donk, we can have draws and we can have medium strength hands. And it's hard for us to have that many really strong hands. We can right. have pocket threes, but that would be the, the only really strong hand we can we have. We could have pocket tens if we can have ace king. I guess we can have pocket tens. But you wouldn't expect us to have ace king. And no. You probably wouldn't expect us to have pocket tens that often either with these two players specifically where Eugene's probably playing for the win a lot. Right? Yeah. Um, so we can have tens, but I would expect often, especially because we're going to be out of position, Eugene may be more apt to three bet tens. We could have king ten suited. That's the other hand we can have. It's pocket threes and king ten suited, and then ace king. Yep. Um, ace king does block some stuff, which is problematic. But if we know Mestre is a little bit of a psycho, and we do know that, yeah, then I don't hate a donk at all. Right. And Mestre, as you said, gave us a lot of reasons why he played the hand against Vicky Core in the way that he did. Yeah. But he certainly did a lot of floating in that hand with. Absolutely nothing. Right. And Eugene might know that type of thing about Mestre and think Mestre never believes people when they lead into him yeah. out of position. And he's just going to try to make a move on me at some point. And this is the way to extract maximum value from this guy who never believes me when I do this. I have a, a new coaching client who is, uh, well, I'm going to talk to for the first time tomorrow, actually. And uh, he, one of the things he really wants help with is beating very aggressive players in uh, cash games, right? And he plays... I mean, not huge, but like biggish cash games sure. sometimes. And like, so one of the things I'm going to talk to him about is taking fishy lines with strong hands against aggressive players, you know? So, like, this is a fishy line, right? Yeah. This is the kind of thing where it's really hard to have value. You don't expect Eugene to have much value here, right? He's, I don't know that he would donk King 10 only because you're blocking so much. Right. By the way, you're, block, you're blocking anyway when you have the King. But um, docking, to, docking pocket threes makes more sense because you're blocking less stuff. This has to be a Mestre-based play. I would think so. Yeah. And uh, if, if Mestre somehow ends up in autopilot here, which I think Eugene is probably hoping for, when I see somebody dunk into me in a heads-up pot, it's usually an amateur and it's usually a bad thing to be doing. They're usually doing right. it with a bad range of hands that I can easily figure out what they are. And they include like middle pair type hands and draws. Mm -hmm. And so maybe Eugene's trying to rep that type of thing. The other thing is... What is Mestre folding from his range, his under-the-gun range? How much does Eugene bet? Uh, pretty big, 250 into 490. Okay, so half the pot. Yeah. Um, like, if Mestre has ace-jack, ace-queen, he's probably not folding for one bet in position. I'd no, be surprised if he's he probably folding all pocket pairs under 10. He has to consider folding nines and eights, and if he has sevens and sixes and stuff like that. I don't know how many of those he has. I don't know for sure if he's folding nines, by the way. Um, but maybe. I mean, it's just such a bad spot with nines. What do you do if another bet goes in? You just hold on? I mean, you have to make a read and go with it, I guess, one way or the other. Probably you fold. I'd rather just fold. My plan would be to fold. It's okay to fold nines there for sure. But a lot of the hands that uh, Mestre can have, jacks, queens, by the way, they're definitely not going to fold for this bet anyway, right? Wouldn't think so. It'd be shot. It's impossible. Right. By the way, at this point, this is 2011 on the EPT. I don't know if people ever really folded one pair on the flop. So nines, eights, and sevens might just be a call anyway. Like you're sort of floating in position with, with some equity and sometimes the best hand. I guess. I, I just, it just turns into a bad spot real quick. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Mestre could have a king himself, right? And Eugene knows that a bet's going in anyway if, if Mestre has king queen or king jack or something. Yeah. But that doesn't matter as long as you can get more value out of hands that Mestre might decide to check back. Right. 
and Mestre might float with random two two cards. You know, we've seen him do it. He could have seven eight of spades here and be like, I don't believe this guy. I'm going to take it right. away. I don't. I wouldn't be too concerned about Mestre checking back. I'd, I'd expect him to bet this flop kind of all the time, honestly. Yeah, that's true. He probably um, will. But he'd probably bet less, and then he would check a lot of turns if we call, which is. So, so the pot's smaller than it should be, or if we go bet and he calls the flop, which he's going to do a fair amount, we can bet the turn and make sure a bet goes in, which is pretty sweet. Yeah. Um, and he could still also make all his cycle plays at us. Like, it right. doesn't take away his cycle plays. And if we check-raise the flop, it's so strong, it's hard to get action It's harder to get the cycle plays. It's hard to three-bet like, shove the flop as a cycle play. Right. I mean, we're gonna pr- we might fold out king-queen if we check-raise the flop. We may not, but there's a chance, right? Yeah. I, I doubt we would. But, I, but that's like, it's not a great spot. There's not that many hands that can really play with us. I think Eugene has a couple things going. He, he, his like, number one goal here is to get Mestre to raise him on the flop right away. Yeah. Thinking, like, Mestre is just going to try to take it away from me on the flop. Eugene's probably just going to call if that happens, is my guess, and hope that Mestre puts him in on the turn. Um, how much is how much behind would Eugene have if Mestre raised him? Well, so let's say Mestre makes it like seven hundred thousand. Okay, um, so Eugene would have one point nine left. Got it. So Eugene could either move in or call. The problem with call, either way, it's hard to get much more action once you once you get raised. Because if you move in, you're going to fold out a lot of hands, and if you call. It's going to shut down a lot unless Mestre puts you on exactly Queen Jack, right? I think calling only, is has to be better. It probably is better unless Mestre is a true psycho, and yeah. I, don't, I don't know that he's a true psycho. I mean, he's not going to call it off with a bluff, obviously. I wouldn't think so. No, not with a bluff, of course not. Right? You want to keep the eight highs alive that Mestre right. might decide he to go with on the turn. So we could like call Rep Queen Jack, yeah. hope an ace, hope an ace or a nine doesn't come. Right. Check again and let him move in. Yeah. Basically, that would be the plan, and hope he does. I, if if I was Eugene and my plan began with donking into a guy like Mestre, I think that's my favorite outcome. Mm. Mestre raises here. I just call. I hope he moves in on the turn. Sounds reasonable. If it goes check, check on the turn, we bet the river for value. Yeah. Um, a lot of the time anyway. And uh, hope he calls. Yeah. Seems good. But but often it's like, often when he raises, we can't get any more chips anyway. Right. After that. So it's, it's a good idea to give him a chance to. I like, I like your, your thought there. Yeah, but uh, his second favorite thing to happen would be Mestre calling with obviously a worse hand than Ace King. Yeah, um, and sometimes even with nothing, just because he's the guy who floats sometimes. Mm-hmm. And that's what happens. Mestre calls. It's not a float though. He has Ace Ten on this King Ten Three Rainbow board. It's kind of a mandatory call. Do you have, do you see any other options for Mestre? I don't. I want to ask a quick question though. Let's rewind for a second, or maybe we could be in Mestre's shoes. Is Eugene actually ever going to donk a hand like Queen Jack here in reality? Like on this board against the under-the-gun Razor? I don't know. I don't know that you would. It seems like a bad play. Do you think he should fold Ace-10? No. You can't fold Ace-10. Right. So Eugene, I don't know what Eugene's donking range is, but I'm worried that it's... Maybe it's worse hands. Maybe you can have like Jack-9 and be donking right. that. I but think Queen if, Jack, he's not going to donk. If Eugene has a donking range... Maybe it's all the gut shots are the bluff part of it. Like ace-jack, ace-queen, queen-nine, queen-jack. Well, I don't even know that he feels he necessarily needs to bluff with ace-queen or ace-jack. He might decide just to check call because they're good enough. But jack-nine is bad enough that you can't call with. The problem is there might not be enough combos then because you only have the suited jack-nines and queen-nines. If you have the suited queen right, nines. Right, right. Yeah, you may not even have the so suited. If you're gonna you, you may not have the suited jack nines. You might not. So you if you're going to have a gun. balanced range here, you probably need to have some of those ace queen and ace jacks in your donking range. Right. Okay. I mean, we're not going to donk very often, right? So it's, no. it's, it's this is very much player specific. So maybe we're, we're trying to come up with all this balance stuff and it's not about balance. It's like, oh, I have a strong hand and Mestre is going to not believe me. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. 
Yeah, that's I'm, that might just be what's going on. Here's a fishy line. Go get him, Psycho. Right. Like, that's it. So what are you supposed to, I mean, as Mestre, you know Eugene is a good player, yeah. but you can't. You just can't go folding this part of your range here. That would be insane to fold yeah. right now, so you have to call. That's it. There's just no option but to call right now on this flop, I think. Yeah, raising is also insane. Raising would seem to be really dumb. Yeah. We're in position. Like, it's fine. We can make sure, we can charge him for his draw if he's got to draw it down the road if we want to, right? I mean, it's fine. Uh, yeah. So I think we just have to call. If we fold this hand, we are so crazy exploitable. It's just not right. You know? Yeah. Eugene takes a really weird line in this hand, and it's yes. already begun. Yep. All right. So Mestre calls, and that seems normal and fine. Yeah. The pot is now 990,000. Uh, so Eugene has... 2.4? Yeah, just about. Okay. The turn is the three of diamonds pairing the board. It's now king, 10, three, three, complete rainbow. Lucky charms up in here. Nice. Yum, yum. I like that. Yeah. Kachlov continues his weird line. Having donked the flop, he checks. Really interesting weird check. So what's going on here? Is he now trying to rep the draws? He's saying, like, I was betting the semi-bluff part of my donking range, and I just don't have enough of a stack to continue betting with it. I'm kind of shutting it down. Um, it looks like you're not folding, so I'm not going to try. That three is never going to change anything. We both know it. You're going to call me again, so I hope it goes check, check. That's what he's repping. So now he's repping Queen Jack pretty hard. Because you assume, like, if he was repping... Well, we don't even know if he can have Jack-9 suited. I don't think he can. I don't think he can show up with Jack-9 suited in 37 blinds pre-flop. I also think he only has Queen-Jack suited. He's yeah. in a small blind. He only right. has the So he has to have the ace-jack and ace-queen in there. Okay. Got, got to. I guess. I mean, I don't know if he actually has ace-queen in there. Well, I'll tell you, this is might spoil it a little bit. Not a huge spoiler, but if Eugene has ace-queens and ace-jacks in there, what Mestre does is a lot better. Yeah. If Eugene doesn't, it's very bad. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Right. So any more thoughts on this check? It's just very interesting because he does have top, top. It's like he's trying to build. It felt like he was trying to build a shove on the river when he bets the, the flop. You know, it seems like the intention is if Mestre doesn't raise me, I'm going to bet the turn and shove the river. Agreed. And hope to get called the whole way. Right. Um, maybe he just, I agree with you. It's, it's, you would really expect him to continue here. And Mestre, if Mestre had a calling hand on the flop, Maybe he's worried Mestre doesn't really have a calling hand and is floating, so he wants to give Mestre some room to do his float. That was my next thought, because a lot of what I said on the flop was based on Mestre being a floaty guy. Yeah. So that was Eugene's whole plan, maybe. Like, plan A is Mestre raises me right now, and that's great. Plan B is I'm checking all the turns because Mestre has a lot of nothing hands that he's probably going to give up the turn and really start believing me then. But he's definitely taking a shot with all his nothing hands on the turn. Yeah. So that might be Eugene's plan all along. Right. So, cool. I'll check. He'll bet, and then we'll we'll figure it out from there, kind of a thing. As Eugene, like if yeah. we want, we can check raise, we can call, we can do whatever we decide to do. Yeah, figure it out. Cool. All right, so that that makes some level of sense, but this is all super opponent dependent. All yes. this entire line is like you're crazy, and I need you to be the crazy guy right now. Otherwise, I'm just throwing away chips, right? Because if he like donks on the flop and Mestre folds. Oh, we just lost, you yeah. know, a bunch of blinds that Mestre was going to see bet for sure, right? Now, turns out Mestre has a hand that we were going to get chips out of no matter right. what. But, like, whatever Mestre had, he was going to see bet, I believe. I mean, I'm not 100% sure on that, but it's that's a likely okay. thing. It's very, very likely. Yeah. Let's say that. So, like, we need to be right about that. Pretty much. Yeah. Not always, but almost always. Like, when we bet the flop, we're like, this guy really can't fold. Yeah, on this spot, he's all, and because otherwise we're giving up, you know, maybe a slightly smaller amount of chips because he probably would see bet less than we bet the flop with. But still, well, like, you know, Mestre is a weird player. Yeah, and 
a lot of what we're saying Eugene is doing is based on us assuming that Eugene has some knowledge of Mestre. It's also based yeah. on our knowledge of Mestre based on the other hand we did with That's Mestre. Right. That's right. So based on this Mestre is a weird player thing, maybe we shouldn't be assuming so so freely that he's going to see bet this flop so often. Maybe he checks back on flops a lot, and Eugene has recognized that. On a king 10-3 flop when you open under the gun and against the small blinds calling This isn't range? you. It's Raul Mestre. He does weird stuff. I understand, but I'm just like, let's just think about it, though. The small blinds calling range is pretty particular, and it's not going to have very many kings in it. Really, is it? I mean, it's going to have like a lot of pocket pairs more than kings, I think. And uh, there's not that many hands Eugene can have that he can call on the flop with. And that is a that is a flop that really does smash the under the guns range. I'm just I'd saying, be, I'd be shocked if he checks. We shouldn't dismiss the potential that maybe Eugene has seen Mestre checking back a lot of flops. Okay, like, I mean, fair enough. Just this is the flop that I wouldn't think he checked back. If it was a ten high flop, not that that would help Eugene in this. Hand, right. If it was a 10 high flop, I'd expect Mestre would have a lot more checks there if he checks flops in this spot. Yeah, I, I agree, and I understand that theoretically. But you're right. You're right. He's a weird player, and maybe he's doing things differently. It's not, it's not known. And that, that helps me understand why a potential reason Ketchlov might have donked here and then decide to check the turn. Okay. All right. Anyway, Ketchlov does check the turn. Clearly, he's trying to induce something for Mestre. Yeah. So what do you do with Mestre now? It's a King-10-3-3 three, three rainbow board, and you have Ace-10. Uh, Eugene's just checked you having donked the flop. What do you think mm-hmm. is the best play? Well, I know what you think is the best play, but I think this is where we're going to get in a little poker fight because I think it's perfectly fine to bet here. I don't think it's terrible to bet. I okay. think I prefer checking. Okay, you know, you're checking to induce bluffs on the river? Is that what I'm you're doing? I'm checking for that and for pot control. I mean, pot, you're pot controlling by betting also, though, aren't you? And not, not, like, if we, not if more chips go in on the turn. Well, if he raises me, sure. Yeah. But if but if he doesn't raise and we're able to stay in flow, we can bet it. We can set our price to get to showdown essentially, right? Because we, we're in position, we get to check back the river. But what do you, I mean, set our price. So, what you're I saying, mean, Eugene's going to bet like a billion on the river? I'm saying we can bet less than Eugene would bet on the river right now. I'm going to tell you what Mestre does bet, and it's definitely not that. Okay, you bet um, six hundred to nine ninety. Well, that that is not as good. Right, but if we were betting like four hundred, now you could. Now it's like okay, like that's a form of pot control too, isn't it? It may not work, but it's a form of pot control. So, what is your goal when you bet four hundred? My goal would be to charge the draws. Okay, um, and then assume that usually Eugene's going to check the river, assuming okay. he calls the the turn and not fold or raise, and then I'm going to check back unless I improve. And by the way, my improving is probably just a 10 because if an ace comes, it's an uncomfortable, like, do I really want to bet when I've been trying to charge queen jack the whole way? <laughs> like, I don't know. I mean, am I not going to bet? Ace? If an ace comes on the river, what's the plan? Assuming I mean, we're doing this, this idea here. If Eugene checks again on the river after an ace comes, then... I think we should just bet anyway. Yeah. Yeah, certainly. I guess we can bet and consider folding if we get moved yeah. on, right? Because it's like looks really good for us, too. It looks good for our range. Yeah. Okay. I agree with that. So there you go. So if we improve... We bet again, and we can bet bigger, and if we don't improve, we can just check it back. So you think betting is better than checking? Well, let's come up with what's the value to checking. One, we, we can't get check raised. That is a great thing. That's good. But it's not as big a deal, really, if we're going to call a river bet anyway. Is right. it? We keep, we keep the bluffs alive that don't have enough equity to call a turn bet. That's if, true. If Eugene has ace-queen and ace-jack in his range, those are certainly candidates to fold, even for 400K on the turn. That's true. However, we also knock out their equity. They have some equity. It's not... 
nothing. They have seven outs, right? I mean, that's reasonable. They do. They do. I mean, it's not crazy. It's not like a huge amount of equity. But we have to something. also be thinking, okay, I hope that if Eugene continues with those hands, he just calls and doesn't raise because that puts me in a tough spot. Correct. Yeah. That would, be a, that would be something I would be a little worried about. But again, if I'm sitting there and I'm thinking about what hands does Eugene have that he donks and then checks, pocket threes was a good candidate, but another three just rolled off. So it's hard for him to have quad threes because there's one combo I mean, do we, we really not think he has any kings that he plays this way? I mean, do you think he's playing King Jack like this? King Jack suited like this? That would be bizarre. It's bizarre that he's playing Ace King like this. That's not the question. The, yeah. As Mestre, we don't know that he's playing Ace King like this. You're right. saying, do we think he has any kings like this? I would say no. So we think Turns he only he we think he only has king ten suited sets of threes, maybe sets of tens, and then the rest are bluffs. And I don't know that he has king ten suited. I don't know if he'd actually donk king ten suited on this flop because he blocks both kings and tens. Okay, so then if we're on the turn and we give him that range, yeah, he only has quad threes and what else? Queen jack, ace jack, ace queen. Those That's, are wouldn't that be good? To, there's one combo of value and not that much. Not that, and a lot of things that we can charge that might call or fold. And either way, it's not so bad. Seems pretty good to me. I guess. I just don't know if I believe Eugene is going to be so unbalanced. Well, I mean, I don't know either, honestly. It's possible if he's only betting a set of threes on the flop in our mind as Mestre, then maybe he doesn't have the ace, queen, and ace, jacks. Maybe it's just queen, jack. Queen, jack, and sets of threes are the only things he can donk. On this board, perhaps. Maybe if we include sets of tens, we can include um, ace-jack suited also. Um, because that's three and three, right? Uh, or three and four, but close enough. Oh, no, we have an ace in our hand. It's three and, and three. a ten in our hand. We have a ten in oh, our hand. Oh, my gosh. And a ten in our hand. It's one. Wow, we blocked the heck out of that. Yeah. So, so okay. but So we could, we could add a little bit, but... I don't know. I think it's totally reasonable to bet here. And che- getting check raise isn't that big a deal, is it? Like, we just fold if we get check raise. I mean, isn't that okay? It's okay to fold. I guess. I mean, I think the the most most of your argument is about protection against these gut shots that and, are potentially there, and also just getting value out of the draws in general, though, right? I mean, it's not just protection. It's I guess like the Queen question: Jack, Queen Jack can pay off a bet of four hundred k, maybe. The question then is: Is it better to get value this way or to let him bluff the river when he misses? Right. Um, well, the thing, one of the values of betting now is uh, a. Sometimes he might fold, which means we get to win the pot, which is cool right now. That's yeah. not so bad. Um, that goes back to protection. But B, if we improve and he actually doesn't have, although if I'm saying his range is what his range, I guess he could get an ace on the river. He could have ace queen or ace jack and then get another bet in on the river and make the bet. Although, is he really going to call the He's turn? not going to call the He's river. Not. He's not. He's not going to call the river? If Eugene check calls the turn and then an ace comes and he has ace jack and Mestre bets again, it's, he might call the river, but it's clearly a bluff catch. Yeah, of course it's a bluff catch. Yeah. One pair is going to be a bluff catch in this spot for sure. Right, but I don't know if he's going to do that that frequently in this spot. I don't know. Mestre is the crazy guy, remember? Yeah, but it is a huge spot to call, to call off essentially your tournament. You could bet small enough that it isn't the case, though. We, also, we don't even have to bet 400K on the turn. You know, We could bet 300K on the turn and price all the draws in and bet 525 on the river and let Eugene keep most of his stack but still pay us off. You know? Okay, I think I want to just say... We have to be pretty sure that Eugene doesn't play his kings this way to bet. Why? Because if we add in kings into his range that he would have here, that he's certainly not folding, that yeah. makes it a minus EV bet, I think. If we're going to pay off on the river anyway, why is it a minus EV bet? 
Because he then, I guess it depends on if he calls with ace queen and ace jack, if he played ace queen and ace jack on the flop this way. Because if he's going to fold ace queen and ace jack on the turn, then we're missing out on potential bluffs on the river from those. Right. If if he's going to bluff those, he may not bluff those. Ace queen is the nut no pair. He may check it. He might. So I don't know that he's bluffing those anyway. He may think they're too good. But we can bet the river then if we check back the turn. Yeah, we can. I don't know if he's going to call. Maybe he will. Is he going to call the turn? He has more equity on the turn. He has zero equity. Well, not zero equity. Well, I mean zero equity against our hand. He's bluff, he's bluff catching the river on the turn. He actually has equity. He still has a draw to the nuts on the turn with ace, queen, and ace, jack. And an overcard. It's definitely different. Well, not the nuts, but I get what you're saying. Not the nuts. Because there's two threes on the board. Okay. Yes. Not yeah. the nuts. Right. But the three. Oh, no. You're right. I guess we could have kings. We could have pocket kings. Pocket tens ourselves. Yeah. All right, we've gone over this way too much. Yeah, well, I thought we were going to have a little poker fight. We didn't really. We had a little poker disagreement. Yeah, and um, I think if you're going to bet, I agree that the size needs to be small, but Mestre bets 600K. I don't like that. Into, ni- into 990. I feel like that kind of discounts a lot of the value of the bet. Now he's saying, don't draw on me with your queen jack, go away. That's what it feels like he's saying. Yeah. I don't love that as a right, player. Right, because then you have to be sure Eugene only has draws now. Yes, and also, like, what are we, like, if he's got queen, jack, I guess we're protecting against queens, jacks, and nines. Right? Yeah. So it's not, so that's actually a fair amount of equity, and it's not a bad thing to try and charge some of that equity, right, against us. But, like, we block an ace, which is kind of good, and it's fine to check or bet less. I don't like the size at all, based mm-hmm. on everything I've just been saying, for sure. Right. Okay. So we can agree on that. If, if you're yeah. going to bet, it should probably be smaller. Yeah. All right. Cool. We agreed. On something. On yeah. something. But so what do you think, though? Like, what, if you were voting on this, not like a yay or nay, but like from one to ten, do you think this is a bet or a check? Where do you come down on it? Like, wh- those are like zero, one to ten are the certainties, and, you know, five is like, like ten. Oh. Ten is a bet and one is a check? Sure. I'm probably a three and a half or a four. I'm probably like on the other side of that. I'm more like a six and a half or a seven. All right. So there you go. I think uh, a lot of this has to do with our different backgrounds, like limit background that you have. There's a lot more betting in a spot like this in a limit. No question. Game. Yeah. But I also feel like one thing that and you and I actually talked about this, not on not on the microphone, not on the podcast. We talked about this before in terms of just we talked strategically at one point. And at least I was saying you were nodding your head. It doesn't mean you were actually agreeing with me. But uh, I was saying I feel like I and you probably don't bet enough turns. Because at least the, the people we're playing against don't check raise the turn very often unless they really have it. You know what I mean? And it's sort of all the same. They, they aren't going to show up with very many check raise bluffs on the turn. And so yeah. we should charge them more of the time. They're going to pay off or fold and showdown's killing no limit anyway. And it's, it's fine, you know. And you're not, you're not betting necessarily for protection. You're betting for value. And as opposed to like just doing all this extreme pot control, which I feel like we sometimes get a little caught up in. At least theoretically. I, I feel like I do in real life, too. I don't know. If I agree. Know. But that's that conversation is more about when we've been the better on the flop. Correct. Correct. But I still think in this case we have enough value that I think we can bet. But we, we don't need to keep killing this. But I just wanted to. Okay. That, that's, so I don't think it's just my limit background is what I'm saying. All right. I get it. Um, but unfortunately for Raul Mestre and his 600K bet, he's facing <laughs> the quiet storm. Yeah. This, who's, is, uh, this is the problem with... This is part of the problem with this bet, as I said. You have to be pretty sure that Eugene doesn't play his kings this way. Yeah. And also, you got to look out for this, because Eugene check raises. He check raises to 1.45 million. What do you think about this check raise? I think it's weird, actually. I don't know if I like it. What... 
uh, like I like what hands are we supposed to get action from now when we check race to this? I mean, hands that are beating us are definitely going to give us action. All of them, right? Right, but it's hard to be beating Ace King on this board. Well, you could have pocket tens. Could have pocket tens, three you combos. Have, you could have king ten suited. You could have aces. You could have ace king yourself. Those hands are going to f- struggle to fold at this. Ace king is not beating us. Okay, thank you for explaining that. You yes. were naming hands that beat Eugene. I said you could have ace king yourself. That yourself means, come on, we're tied. My point is that ace king is not a hand that we care. Like it doesn't matter. Like, but like those are the hands that are going to give us action, right? Like. Ace, king, and better probably are going to give us action most of the well, time when we check think, raise. Let's think about that. Okay. Because the hands you named, you you made a list of hands, but there's not many combos of those total because of the hand that we have. Cool. What hands, though, are going to give us action besides those hands? Like Mestre himself could have queen jack. Yes, he could. He could have queen jack suited. Yeah. That's one hand. But it's probably going to fold, but that's actually okay. Yeah. If he folds now after he put it in It's absolutely anyway. okay. That's yeah. fine. Um, especially at our stacks, stack depth. As you right. Um Okay, so Queen Jack is something that we'd be happy for him to have. What else are we really looking for him to have here? We're looking for him to be Raul, Raul Mestre and never believe anybody when they make an aggressive action. I mean, that seems like it's asking a lot. We've just put in, we had 2.4 million. We just put in 1.4 of it. I mean, yeah. we are completely committed to this pot and it's obvious. Yeah, I mean, we're not going to get action from his eight high anymore. That's for sure. We just moved in, right? I mean, that's yeah. what just happened. Kind of. We, yeah. we, we just moved in from everyone. Like, maybe Mestre knows that. Maybe it's a stack-to-pot ratio thing where Eugene's like, I guess we might as well just get it in now. I mean, from Eugene's point of view, maybe you're thinking, like, I don't, I'm really concerned if I call this bet. It's just hard to get another bet out of this guy. Right. Once so, I call, is he really going to keep going with his eight high bluffs? Right. So yeah. it's hard to get the bluffs to put any more money in anyway. So let's charge all the draws now. And either they fold, and I don't, so I, get, I got him to pay a turn bet, and he gets no equity. That's great. Or he pays... But he has to pay more. Either right. way, that's great. And seven-handed or six-handed, whatever they are, Mestre might have all 16 combos of Queen-Jack. Yeah, that's true. You're right. He might. So that's a lot of hands. Okay. Because I don't... I mean, we're not, we're not expecting to get action from Ace-Queen or Ace-Jack or anything like that anymore. No. No, I wouldn't expect that. I believe Mestre might play Queen-Jack just like this up to this point, though. Like, yeah. He calls the flop. He bets the turn one check, too. That's, that makes right. perfect sense. And, yeah, with Queen-Jack, we're probably not getting him to bet the river if he misses... It's going to be tough to get that. If we that. call again, yeah. it's asking a lot. I mean, he might just move us in because he's Raul Mestre, and it's like hard to call three times. Right. So, But that's what we're down to. Eugene's thought process might be, if he's got a better hand, good for him. You know, my hand is so good. That's So what? Like, that happens. I want to make sure that the times that he doesn't have a better hand that he can sometimes continue with, I make sure Beck goes in because he's probably not going to put a bet in on the river. But here's the other side of that. Eugene would not go broke if he's up against pocket tens most of the time if he just calls here. I don't think, right? Because he yeah. still have two million left. He'd have more than maybe Mestre would go for it and just move in anyway and overbet the pot, but not that often. Like usually that that's not a normal thing, right? And so and Eugene doesn't rate to have a super strong hand. Yeah, um, I mean, but that's three combos. Okay, but I'm saying a strong hand, whatever it may be. The hands, okay. that, all the hands that are beating us. Um, we get to not go broke against all the hands that are beating us if we just call most of the time. Well, anyway. Let's do a little combinatorics then. Fine. If we give him all the queen jacks is his only kind of hand that we're beating that we think okay. we're supposed to be able to get some action from sometimes. Sure. Um, that's 16. Yeah. There's three pocket tens. Yeah. There's six king tens. Okay. And one there are kings. Th- one kings, three aces. One. All right. And I guess he got a pocket threes, one combo of pocket threes. Okay. So. so. That was, that? Than, that was less than that was less than sixteen. That yeah. was probably like eleven or something. Something like that. Okay. Right. 
So that's a, that's in our favor, assuming yeah. Mestre will sometimes continue with Queen Jack and won't bet Queen Jack on the river if we just call. Right. We also are assuming that Mestre is opening Queen Jack off under the gun. Yeah. I don't know if he actually is doing that every time. Also, King 10, probably suited only. Probably suited only. So that really knocks down the combos on that side. Right. It would definitely be suited only. I mean, I shouldn't say definitely, but it seems hard to imagine. Yeah. I mean, we saw this guy open queen three suited, yeah. like seven-handed at the other That, final that table. was a much easier table. Yeah, much easier table. Everyone was playing super tight. I mean, Eugene's not going to play super tight, right? Eugene's going to go for the win a lot. Right. But it's two combos of king ten suited instead of six then. Yeah. So we're, we're in the single digits now okay. of the hands that are beating us. Yeah. So that's not such a concern. Right. And even if we knock down some of the queen jacks, we can't knock all the queen jack offs out of there. That, right. that seems wrong. So yeah. maybe it, maybe there's a few more bluffs than value. Yeah. Okay, let's say something like it's like 12 and 8 or something. Right, semi bluff. So then yeah. the the question is how to get the most out of the semi bluffs, which okay. certainly we're not getting value out of the pure bluffs anymore. That's done. There's no value to be had there. When we check raise? Yeah. Well, yeah. Right. Maybe we get value out of queen jack. Well, let's think about it for a yeah. second. So what kind of price are we being laid as Mestre when Eugene makes it $1.4 million or whatever he makes it? When he makes $1.45 million? All right. The pot was nine hundred ninety k. We put in six hundred. Yeah, and he put in one point four five. So another two million goes in. Yeah. So it's it's a three million chip pot and it's eight hundred K to call. So he's not getting the right price no. to call with Queen Jack. Unless and we look like we're committed. We look like we're never folding. Right. That's true. So that's not good. That's not good. Yeah, that's not good. He's not getting a terrible price, I guess, with Queen Jack. Right? He needs to be getting Four to one, I guess. Although the board's paired, so it's a little bit worse too, you know? I mean, we're not going to show up very often with the full house, admittedly, but we can really only have pocket tens and one combo of threes. Yeah. But it's not impossible. It's not impossible. So the fact that he's not getting the right price now anyway, the only reason to call is if we're sure we're going to get the last million and the pro- Eugene's final million. And the problem is when we get there, an ace rolls off a bunch, and he may actually slow down. Now, it turns out he wouldn't. Right. But... He may slow down a lot if an ace rolls in, and maybe we won't get that last million sometimes, you know? Yeah. All right. Well, I got another thought now. Go. And it's going to be more of more of the player-dependent thing. Cool. Eugene knows something about Raul Mestre, mm. be- and my evidence is what happens. Because Ra- <laughs> we didn't discuss when we were doing that whole theoretical thing. We didn't even consider Mestre would continue with the hand he has. He, right. He, I mean, like, we argue about what he should do on the turn when Eugene checks to him. We decide to bet maybe is okay. He bet too big. Yeah. Um, but if you get raised with this part of your range that's betting the turn, that's time to fold, right? Right. I think so. But Eugene might know that that's not how Mestre feels. Eugene might know that if Mestre has any significant piece of this board at all, he's just going to be like, you know what? It's just too good. I got to go with it. I mean, maybe. Because that's what happens. Mestre moves in. I will say this. It's a fishy line from Eugene, both on the flop and on the turn. It isn't like Eugene was in the big blind where when that three pairs, he can now have trip threes. Right. No one can really have a three here except pocket threes. Nobody has a three. Maybe Mestre's opening ace three suited once in a blue moon, but Eugene's not calling with ace three suited from the small blind, right? So, so like, it's also a fishy line again. So maybe he's just like, I'm just going to keep throwing fishy lines at this guy. Yeah. And aggressive players don't know what to do with fishy lines except attack them for the most part in one way or another, right? They don't really fold very often when you show them a fishy line, right? Yep. So maybe that's what's going on, too. Just, like, it doesn't really make sense. None of it really makes sense. But, like, what's he going to do? So Mestre moves in. 
Right. Maybe it's just like too fishy for Mestre. And he's like, uh, what does he put Eugene on? Well, that's the thing. You yeah. can't really put him on anything. Like it's not, no, nothing really makes sense for him right. to have here. Right. Like, what is he supposed to have? Well, there's an What's old, he repping? there's an old poker adage that I love. And that's, if you don't know what to do, fold. That seems like this might be that spot. That is not a bad point, but there's another poker adage, which is less old, which is newer than that, which is essentially if your opponent does something that's really weird and doesn't make sense to you, then it's not the worst thing to call. You know, like if someone shows you a really weird line, it's not so bad to call. And this is essentially a call for Mestre when he moves in because it's a million more. Right. That's right. Yeah. How deep deep was Mestre when he started the hand? 5.7 million. And Eugene had 2.9. So this is a huge hit to Mestre's yeah, stack. It is. Because Mestre's going to move in. Obviously, Eugene's not going to fall for a million more. And just a little spoiler, Mestre does not improve on the rim. No, Eugene wins the hand. I think Mestre should have stuck with the old adage. Yeah. I mean, this is a spot where checking back the turn would have been better for Mestre, although it would have been fine if he had bet folded the turn. It would have been fine, right? It would have been fine as far as Eugene's actual hand. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if Eugene's not going to do this with draws. Right. I don't. I mean, Eugene shouldn't be doing this with draws against Mestre's under-the-gun range. He shouldn't be, but that doesn't mean he isn't. Probably not. I mean, I think Eugene just played really exploitatively in this hand, and I think you're right that he, he thinks Mestre errs on the side of putting more chips in when he doesn't understand what's going on. Right. And yeah. that worked out for Eugene. That probably usually works, though, honestly. Just yeah. like showing aggression when weird, when weird stuff's going down probably mostly works. And you have some a hand of some value. Like, when people have very strong value, they're often careful and... It's why ben Lee, Benny Spindler got all in on the flop on a jack-jack-jack flop with King Jack right. heads up because he five-bet with quads. Right. And now it turns out his opponent had a hand they could never fold. The his second opponent, nuts. Yeah, his opponent had aces. Yeah. But the point is Benny Spindler is playing his image there, and he's like, they're never going to put me on quad jacks in a million years. So then what could I have when this guy can have? This guy's range is uncapped and mine is not, except for the jack itself. Where is Benny Spindler now, though? I don't know. You guys, I haven't seen him forever. We saw him against Kevin Kyleen uh, like two years ago on the EPT oh, the really? final table where they both made a flush on the river and Kyleen check-raised with the nut flush and beat Benny Spindler's like queen-high flush. That was Spindler? That. I didn't remember yeah, that was Spindler. That was Spindler. Oh, okay. But, um, but the point is like if Benny Spindler got – I mean it wouldn't, it wouldn't have mattered this time because the – they were just going to get it all in with the quad jacks against aces. But Spindler played the hand in such a way that he's going to get it in against, like, pocket tens. Pocket sevens probably are going to be like, this kid never has it. Right. Like, and it's very reasonable to call with the pocket sevens against Benny frickin' Spindler on that board. Sure. Right? When he five bets all in, it's like it's a jack or nothing, and you'd never play a jack like this, Benny. So I call. And then Benny's like, ha, ha, I'm the greatest. <laughs> <laughs> Quads. So, it's nice when you have quads. It is. It feels good. And you get into a raising war. That's yeah. even nicer. I don't know if I've ever had that happen. I have. You have? Long, long ago. I actually flopped quad jacks, and I never found out what my opponent had, but I think I got the six bet. I think I called the six bet on the river. So I think the guy probably had aces. I don't know. But You, you called? Oh, he moved in. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Way to put that one together, bro. Yeah. I figured it out. <laughs> yeah. So, so... It's the same thing of, like, the fishiness is so fishy and so weird. You're just like, whatever, buddy. Like, I call. Like, you know, or whatever. I raise. Like, you just don't have. Like, what can you have? So you think Robo Mestre didn't make a mistake here? I am saying when I first saw this, I thought this was a huge mistake. And I am no longer as convinced. Although I think the plan should be with Ace-10 mostly to check to bet fold if we're going to bet. Right. I think that's a key part because we're arguing if you should even bet. 
Right. And if you have one of those hands where you're arguing if you should even bet because its value is very marginal, then that should be in your bet folding range, which you should have. I don't disagree. I will say if we sit back, we're like, what is Eugene supposed to have here? That he's check-raising after he donks the flop. I mean, against my under-the-gun range, what in the world is he supposed to have? Well, Eugene is a different player, I guess. And he might play all his kings like this. All his king-jack suited, king-queen off, and ace-king off. He might play them like that. Come on. That's ridiculous. There's no way Eugene is going to check-raise king-jack on the turn. There's no chance. King-queen? Why would he do that? I don't know. He could be up against ace-king. Because it's, it's like so many more combos. Because it's Mestre, maybe. Because it's Mestre. But you're just going to go broke so often against a better hand. Yeah. Like, there's so many more hands that beat you when you, have a, when you don't have the nut king. You know? By the way, that's an incredible thing to say. The nut king. The nut king. <laughs> I am the, the lord of cashews. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that what Mr. Peanut is? No, he's just like aristocracy among ah. peanuts. He's not... He's, not, he's in the oligarch? The, the almonds do not bow before him. Okay? <laughs> the walnuts are not like... Praise be. The Nut King is... By his hand. The Nut King is too beautiful to be seen by our eyes, so he sends his envoy, Mr. Peanut. <laughs> Something it's more like that. Yeah. <laughs> I love it when we do this kind of stuff. So, right. I, so I guess I'm saying I'm not as down on it as I thought I was going to be. I'm a little bit more like... I don't love his sizing on the turn, but I understand why he's like, you know what? Let's go. Uh, because what the heck can you ever have here? Like, the story doesn't make any sense. Eugene is smart enough to know that the story doesn't make any sense. And, you know, he's, he's at another, another level past that. But, yeah. But Eugene's really, really, really good. And probably most people who throw this line at um, Mestre are, might be losing to Ace-10. Because what can they have? Yeah, I guess so. I don't know if this is true. I'm, I'm really speculating now. Right. But I feel like I can defend this more than I thought I was going to be able to. That's what I can say. It just feels pretty unnecessary. I agree, especially for half your stack. We just don't need to do this. The beginning of the problem was betting so big, you bet almost two-thirds pot on the turn. I mean, I have to think that Mestre, it never occurred to him he was going to get check race on the turn. That was right. not like and then he didn't the really know what to do. And I think, I think you're right that he's trying to fold out the draws on the turn. I think that's yeah. why he decided to size it that way. Right. He's, which is weird because in that case, it doesn't really matter what your hand is. It doesn't matter that it's ace-10. That's true. That's a good point. It's not as important. Well, then maybe he's thinking, like, yeah, I'm doing it with a bunch of hands, and Ace-10 is one of the best hands I'm doing it with, so now I can't fold. I'm just coming up with yeah, thoughts maybe, around it. Maybe. I don't know. But, you know, you can, you're under the gun. You can have better hands than Ace-10. And maybe, maybe if you're going to bet with a lot of hands here, Ace-10 should be in your checking range then. You know what I mean? If, if you're going to bet with a lot of bad hands, too. Because yeah. we can't bet everything. And Ace-10 be, is, becomes a really beautiful bluff catcher on the river. It's one of the better bluff catchers we can have. So... That's a reason to, but I think the bet is really okay. I don't love the sizing, but I do think the bet's okay. But I don't know. I mean, it it sucks to end up putting all the, like he puts in six hundred and then he puts in another one point eight million. That he didn't have to do that. No, he didn't have to do that. But I even sort of understand that. <laughs> I, don't know, I wonder. We this is only I think the second Eugene Kachalov hand we've done. So, really? Yeah. The other one was him against Joseph Chong, where he. Played incredibly yeah, well. I remember that one. I feel like we've done at least one other one back in the day. Maybe we have, but we haven't done a lot, yeah. right? So it's possible that we've seen Eugene Ketchlove on TV plenty, but we've never been paying super close attention. And it's possible he takes weird lines like this all the time. He's just, and that was part of his success for so long. Maybe. That he just played in ways that confused players who were used to a different thing. I mean, that's what you're supposed to be doing. If you're right. on the EPT and you're playing, you know really solid and well, it's going to be hard to do great. Yeah. I mean, I guess you can basically let them try all them just try and run you over 
and not get run over. That's probably a way to succeed on the EPT. Yeah. But besides that, you have to confuse these guys and show them lines they're not used to. Otherwise, they're just going to eat you alive, right? Because they've seen all the normal lines. They know what to do against all the normal lines, and they know how to range you correctly. So you can't just play a normal game against them unless you're going to choose not to be run over by the crazy aggressive guys. Yeah. You have to make some hero calls in spots that are uncomfortable. Right. I think that's the only way to succeed on that level of poker tournament. Yeah, this is a weird hand. Really weird hand. All where, right. do you, where do you end up coming down? So I end up not feeling nearly as bad about the Mestre play ultimately. How about I you? feel less bad about it than I originally did, but yeah. I still think it's a minus EV play. Me too. Me too. I'm, I'm there. Yeah. I, I may feel slightly better than you, but I think we're closer than it may have sounded like. Yeah. Cool. All right. Cool. Well, we are done. <laughs>